Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Church Podcast. Today I was planning on speaking on our second week of scars. I was going to talk about being a wounded wounder. I got to the very end of having my whole message prepared on Thursday, and God's like, nope, pause, we're going this way instead. And so Thursday afternoon, I'm like, hey, Shannon and Seth, I'm going to get my outline to you late. Um, we're, we're going a different direction. And, and here's why we're going to do that. Um, because I know my job is to be obedient into the will and the purpose and what God wants to speak to you instead of what my preference is to speak to you. And so my job is to listen to his voice and to just be a, a, a loudspeaker for his voice to you guys. So today I want to talk to you about how to have peace in the midst of chaos. How do you have peace in the midst of chaos? And I think all of us could agree right now um, it's, it's, a tid, it's a tad bit chaotic, right? Like just a little bit. Um, when this whole quarantine thing started happening um, and everybody's like, you know, the world's going to burn. You have to stay home. And I, I've got so many opinions about this and I have to keep them close. Um, cause my, anyways, um, I, we, were, we were having to stay quarantined. I'm like, okay, this isn't so bad. We can figure this out. You know, we'll function well. School got canceled. I'm like, okay, we can figure this out. This isn't gonna be so bad. And, and really, it, for some of you, you're like, it's the worst thing in my life. For us, it really was pretty great. And um, there was parts of me, not all of me, parts of me that enjoyed it. But however, early on in the process, there's something that happened at the Graves house. Um, and in our front of the front of our house on the second story, we started seeing bees, um, like bees, right? And, and it wasn't just a few bees. It started off as like 100 bees. And then the 100 started turning into a couple of hundred. And then the 100 started turning into a swarm. And um, I, I was like, well, let's kill them, right? Let's just kill Let's take these suckers out, right? Like, I'm going to kill you before you kill me. That's how it works. Like, and I, I get on to like, hey, how do you kill bees? You can't kill bees. It's illegal, stupid hippies. Um, so, um, and I'm going to get so much kickback. I know you're not supposed to kill bees. I get it, okay? Um, but they're like building a hive in my house, right? Like, and so I'm going, ah! You know, so you can't, I, I'm like, I'm not getting up on a ladder to get there because this is how I'm going to die. Pastor dies trying to fend off bees on a ladder, right? So we call all these people. My neighbor, uh, Rob Marsh, just down the street from me, he has bees, collects bees, and I call him down. He's like, those aren't my bees. I'm like, how do you know? Like, those aren't your bees. Like, how? 
I didn't accuse anything. He's like, no, this hurt my bees. I'm like, okay, I guess, I mean, I don't, I mean, and he was, I guess he's, I mean, he's right. He knows bees. I know nothing about bees, but so he came down and brought a box down. Like maybe they should come down here. Never did. Stayed right in my house, little suckers. And so we had to call all these, I'm just going to be honest, weird people, right? Um, I think they're ex-children's directors and they were just um, (laughs) coming up and um, they had to capture the bees. So we had to pay $700 to have bees captured and a weird guy know where I live now, right? <laughs> and, and here's a picture of like the honeycomb that was in our, like in our walls and like a week and a half. Like this, I was like, what in the world? And I, I'm just sitting there going, okay, 2020, what else you got, right? And I, I think that's where some of us are when it comes to 2020. Like well, what else you got? And as I started thinking about the chaoticness of our, our world, I started giggling a little bit of the things that have happened, right? And I think you're either going to cry about it or laugh about it, so let's laugh about it a little bit today. Um, Some of the chaotic things that have happened are as follows. Uh, All the students got the longest summer of their life. Um, You can say, well, school got canceled. I say summer got introduced really early, right? Like, oh, your grade won't go down. Can I tell you I'm not doing any schoolwork then (laughs) if my grade's not going to go down? Like, summer has begun in March. Sweet! Um, so school gets canceled, which means graduations, proms, all that bummer, awful. I feel horrible for the class of 2020. Um, I, I do. Um, and, and I know God still has great things, but there are some things you miss. It totally stinks, right? Some chaos. The NBA season gets canceled. Some of you remember that, like they were getting ready to tip off. Some of you were at the Oklahoma City Thunder game, and they were getting ready to tip off, and they canceled it, and that introduced the canceling of the NBA season. They're trying to redo it. I understand Um, that got canceled. The the Summer Olympic Games in Tokyo got canceled, right? Um, Tiger King got introduced and is a hit in 2020, right? Like some of you are like, what's Tiger King? Don't watch it. Don't watch it. I'm just going to tell you. There's nothing biblical about it, um, <laughs> nothing. And all of us put the meme up on our social media accounts, I'm from this Oklahoma and not Tiger King, Oklahoma, right? Like, like murder hornets are actually a real thing, right? Like, I'm like, are you kidding me right now? I saw this story this week, is that a squirrel in Colorado tested this week for the bubonic plague. Are you kidding me? Right now, the bubonic plague and a squirrel, like, so stop feeding squirrels. Um, this was my favorite one this, two weeks ago. A woman in Italy is driving a Ford Focus. If you don't know what a Ford Focus looks like, this is a picture of a Ford Focus, right? This reminds me of my first car at Ford Tempo. Um, and when you got over the mile, the, the speed of 65 miles per hour, some of you are going to feel my pain, and you know exactly what I'm getting ready to say, the wheel would start shaking, right? And it wasn't because the tires, it's because it was not created to go over 45 miles an hour. Um, and so this, this lady is driving a Ford Focus in Italy, and she gets ticketed for going 437 miles per hour. She has gotten a ticket written up for over $1,000. So maybe you're not good at math like me. Let me let you know what 437 miles looks like. That's almost as fast, maybe a little faster, I don't know, 
as a jet airplane. Like, that's how fast this 437 mile per hour Ford Focus. I would love to see this be a reality, right? Like, this, I would just like, I keep laughing the whole time. And I'm like, I'm like, well, you know, she gets this ticket and then the cops are like, oh yeah, I guess that's on us and not on you. You think, right? Like, yeah, I think something went wrong. And it just seems like one thing after the other keeps piling up. And it feels like we don't have to look around for chaos. You don't have to look around. I mean, I'm talking about stuff, and I haven't even got into the elections, right? I haven't got into the racial divide that is in our world. I haven't got into all the tensions that that we feel going into workplace and social distancing. Are you about social intimacy or social distancing, right? Like, what, what side are you on? And there's so many feelings, and there's so much stuff that's going on, and it's just, it's so chaotic right now that it really does feel like we're that woman going 437 miles in a Ford Focus right now. That's what our world feels like, and how do you and I experience peace in the midst of that chaos, what, 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 what are we called to do? Because here's what Jesus said, and, and today, if you haven't caught this yet, I'm just going to preach from right here today. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. That tells me that you and I are making something, right? We're, we're called to be peacemakers, and is that what you are creating, and is that what you are making for people that you are surrounding yourself with? Are you a peacemaker, or are you biting into the chaos? Because there is a way that you can experience peace in the midst of chaos. Our text today is found in Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. It's when Jesus walks on the water, And Peter comes to him, and it says this, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. And can I just pause for a second? Most of the time when we're experiencing things we've never experienced, our tendency is to act like a sheep. And that's why the Bible calls a sheep and why Jesus called a sheep. We freak out rather than assume the best right? We're like, oh, it's, it's ghosts. Oh, it's haunted. You know, like, like what's going on? You know, and I, I, I probably would be the same way. And that is our nature. When the disciples saw him walking on water, they were terrified in their fear. They cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid. And some of you today, you need to hear that. Don't be afraid. It may be chaotic. You may never have planned to go through what you're going through. But don't let fear win. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Peter is my boy right here. I'm like, my man Peter. Like, yes. Like, if that, are you for real, Jesus? Like, if that's really you, 
tell me to walk on water, you know? And, and so that's what Peter does. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and, and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? And when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped and the disciples worshiped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. How do you and I have peace in the midst of all this chaos? In the midst of the storm, in the midst of things not going the way we thought they would go, how do you and I experience peace? The first thing is this, is that as we focus our mind on Jesus and his word, we become steady and stable. First thing this passage of scripture shows me is that as you and I focus our minds and our thought life on Jesus and the word of God, the byproduct, the instant result is that he makes us. The word of God creates in us a stability and a steadiness no matter what you and I are going through. But the key is you got to focus on it. And the question I would have for you this morning is what are you focusing on? Just, just be real. What, what are you really focused on? What, what, what are you freaking out about? Because what, is our, what our tendency is, is we even start focusing on stuff that isn't even happening yet, right? Like, it's not even that we're focusing on the winds and the waves that are present. It's, well, what are the winds and the waves going to do? What's this storm going to do? How's it going to affect me? And we start becoming anxious and fearful and panicked about things that haven't even happened. And we start doing something that will constantly rob you of peace. And we ask the question, what if? Right? And there is no peace in what if. You know what there is in what if? There is always fear and anxiety. There is always unrest and discord when you start allowing what if to run rampant in your life. And here's the things we start asking. Well, what if there's no school? Right? Some of you parents are like, well, what, what, if, what if there's no school? I need school. I need space. I need my time. I need school, right? Like, what if there's no, I am not prepared to be a homeschooler, right? Like, what if, what if we don't go back to school? What if my 401k doesn't recover? What if Trump gets elected? What if Biden gets elected? What if Kanye West gets elected? I will tell you this much, we'll have some really good music, um, but what if my trip gets canceled, right? Been there, done that. What if, what if the tests the doctors run come back with a negative result? What if I spend my life alone? What, what if I never meet the one in my time, my season has passed? What, what if, Justin, what if things never get better? And if we aren't careful and if we're not diligent, we start focusing on our surroundings and we start focusing on the storms, and we're not stable, and we're not steady. Instead, we are shaken, and we're very inconsistent. And here's what the Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. I love this. It says, set your minds on things above, not on things that are on the earth. Set. You, that means if I set this, I do this purposefully. I am setting that bottle of water 
with purpose. I'm intentional about making sure it doesn't, I don't just drop it. It doesn't just, this bottle of water isn't just going to wander to this table. No, 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 no. I have to be intentional about setting that bottle of water on the place it should be. And you have to be purposeful and intentional about setting your mind on the things and fixating your mind and focusing your mind on the things it should be focused on because our nature is way, way, way too easy to focus on our surrounding instead of our Savior. I love how it says it in the Living Bible. Let heaven fill your thoughts. Don't spend your time worrying about things down here. Isn't that so good? And yet, I would say for a lot of us, we do the exact opposite. Probably most of us worry about the things we cannot control. We worry about the storms and the waves and the winds and the effect they're going to have on us, and we worry about the here and now instead of focusing on our Savior. And here's what I will tell you is, is just simple truth. What you choose to focus on will determine if you sink or rise, right? What Peter decided to focus on determined whether he sunk in the midst of the storm or he rose above it. And whether he was able to live a miraculous, man, life was determined on his focus. I love what Charles Spurgeon says. He says, the more objects you set your heart upon, the more thorns there are to tear your peace of mind to shreds. And for a lot of us, our heart is focused on the wrong thing. And the reality is this, our nature is to focus on our surrounding. It's just our nature. It's, it's what we do. And, and it, when I say surrounding, it's not just what's happening around you. It's the people around you, right? Now, the people that you surround yourself with, I, I say two things. There's some you're stuck with and some you choose, right? Your kids you're stuck with. Kids, you're stuck with your parents. I'm sorry. Um, but are those people that you are choosing to surround yourself with bringing and producing peace? Are they peacemakers or are they drama creators, right? Because you're creating something. And some of you are like, well, the person not creating peace I'm married to. And I'm just saying that's a whole nother series, a whole nother message that, that we will get to later on. But for some of you, you're surrounding yourself with friends and relationships that are disrupting your peace. And you get to choose who you surround yourself with when it comes to friendships and when it comes to relationships. And the pushback is this, well, if they don't have that big effect of my life. Man, hear me. The Bible says the companion of fools suffers harm. Right? The companion of fools suffered. They will always have an effect on your life. That man, that 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 uh, character is always ruined by bad fellowship. Right? It always happens that your companions determine your character. I hear it said all the time. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. They always have an effect. And are the people you are choosing to surround yourself with bringing drama, or are they creating peace? Other thing is this, is that some of us, you need to be careful what you are focusing and watching and listening to. Like two weeks ago, I just decided I'm done with the news for a little bit, right? 
I was like, I turn it to CNN, they're talking about this. I turn it to Fox, they're talking about this. You know, I'm like, wait, what's going, what's going on? Like, what, what is happening right now? Nobody is telling the truth. Like, there's truth. I'm, I'm about to get political here, but I'm just like, I'm going to start a Justin Graves news network that will be worth watching. I'm just going to tell you. But, um, like, there's going to be no news worth watching, but it's going to be worth watching the train wreck. But I'm just like, everybody's like, we're all going to die, right? And, and, and you get on social media, and everybody's like just spewing hate. And I'm like, I'm done with social media for a while. I'll just post something fun and get off there. Like, I'm just going to be a peace creator and try to focus people on something besides what else is going on. Because what I started realizing is I was focusing on the news, on talk radio, on social media, and I started to become anxious, and I started to become fearful, and I started to go, well, what if we don't recover? Well, what if all this happens? What if we all get bubonic plague from a squirrel in Colorado? What? You know, what, what, what is happening right now, right? And you and I are called to have our focus not on our surroundings, but our Savior, right? That's it. To lock eyes with our Savior. That's where Peter found success. That's where Peter found peace in the midst. Think of this. I know Peter gets a bad rap for sinking, but bro, he was out of the boat when all the other suckers were in it, right? And he gets out of the boat, and he's able to accomplish the impossible as long as he's locked eyes and focused on his Savior, as long as he's focused on the solution instead of the problems. And some of you, man, I get it. The problems are mounting. The heartbreak is hurtful and you will get overwhelmed, and you will not experience peace that passes understanding if you focus on the surrounding and the storm instead of the Savior. But let me give you this verse in Isaiah 26.3. Some of you are going to need to write this down on your mirror, on your dash, wherever you are. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind, here's that word again, is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Right? When, when Peter took his gaze off Christ, what did it show? It showed he started becoming more concerned and consumed with the storm instead of trusting his Savior. Right? Why, why do you keep your focus, your heart stayed on Christ? Because you trust him. You know he's the answer. And the result is this, is that if I will keep my mind stayed on Christ, if I will keep my focus on him because I trust him, you keep me in perfect peace. Now that perfect peace, peace, most of us know this, in Hebrew is translated shalom. Perfect peace, this is going to blow your mind, is actually pronounced in the Hebrew shalom, shalom, right? Like, whoa. Um, but here's what I love about it, it that it's, the, the, the Hebrew is showing us it's not just peace, but a peace that is perfect consistent and repetitive in our life, right? I love that, is that perfect peace isn't just a peace, but it is a perfect, consistent, and repetitive peace that we have in our life. If you want to know how to be stable and you want to know how to be secure when all chaos and when you're going through storms, when everything is not predictable, that you can still be a person of peace. And remember, as followers of Christ, this is an attribute of the fruit of the Spirit that is supposed to be evident in our life, is peace. If you're going to have peace in the midst of chaos, it is all determined on what you and I choose 
to focus on. And the promise is this, is that you keep me in a perfect, consistent, repetitive place of peace despite what's going on because my trust is in you instead of my solutions for all the problems. Romans 12, 2 says this, and it tells us how we can have a perfect peace. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Let me repeat that. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Stop thinking like the culture wants you to think. Stop taking your cues from this world. Stop acting like everybody else, right? Don't take your cues, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. By giving you a transformed mind, by a renewing of your mind. And some of you, you have surrendered your mind to what your surroundings are. And there needs to be a renewing of your mind so you can change the way you think. Then you start to focus on and then you learn to know God's will for you. Which is good and pleasing and perfect. And I love that word perfect because he gives you a perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. You want to know how to live in a chaotic world? You want to know how to experience peace? Stop thinking like the world and start focusing on your Savior. And don't just let thoughts invade your mind and wreak havoc in your life. But take captive every thought and make it submissive to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Because here's why you can do this. Here's why you and I can have peace in the midst of chaos is that Jesus is in charge of it all, right? We, we forget this so many times. We, we want to say this, and, and it's, it's kind of one of those Sunday school answers, but when this becomes a reality, when this is something you don't just think, but you understand, something you don't just know, but it's in you, that you know Jesus is in charge of it all, man, it brings a peace that passes all understanding that just doesn't make since why can you have peace in the midst of the storm why can you have peace when this thing should be taking you out when you don't know the answer when your finances are shrinking when you don't have a job when your health is failing because you know what at the end of the day jesus is in charge of it all c.s lewis said this he said god cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from himself because it is not there there is no such thing you can't have a peace and happiness apart from a relationship of Jesus Christ. There's no such thing. And so many of us, we're trying to find peace outside of our Savior. We think if our bank account just hits a certain place, then we will have a level of peace. It's a false peace. If you, put your, if you misplace your peace, hear me, it's no peace at all. Your bank account was never supposed to be your peace, your identity, or your source. Neither was your job, neither was your health. Because at the end of the day, if we say Jesus is in charge of it all, that means even when it's good, even when it's bad, Jesus is in charge of it all. So the question is, who are you listening to? Who are you letting be boss? Who are you letting be in charge of your life? Well, I played high school basketball um, at Putnam City North. There would be tons of people on the stands, tons of noise, and I had to learn to block out one specific voice. Um, it wasn't my voice, 
um, it was my mother's voice. And this was probably the only time I got away with it, to be honest. Um, some of you understand this, and you, had, you have this mom, or you had this mom. My mom was crazy. Um, and she didn't mind letting her crazy like be out there for everyone else to see. And when she got in the stands, she thought when I was on the court that I was Michael Jordan. Now, I was... I was a decent basketball player, but I, no, I was not even the best player on the team. But she, oh, get the ball to Justin. You know, she's screaming at everybody. Take it to the hole. Mom, there's four people on me, and there's only five people on the other team. I can't take it to the hole, right? Like, like shoot the three. I stunk at shooting threes. Drive, dunk the ball, do something, right? Put Justin in the game. You're losing because he's not in the game, coach. And, and I would have to block her out because if I did what she said, chaos was going to ensue and my butt was going to be on the bench, right? I had to learn to block out my buddies. I had to learn to block out my friends. I had to learn to block out the opposing coach and the opposing team. And I had to learn to focus in on the one voice that I need to listen to. And that was the coach because he knew what was best for the team. He knew what was best for me and he knew what I should be doing. What voice are you tuning into? What voice is in charge of you? Is it the still small voice of the Lord? Or is it the loud raging voice of our culture? And your surroundings and your storms. Are you taking time to listen to the person who is in charge of it all? Because here's what the Word of God says, and I don't use the message translation a lot. I was having a good conversation with my friend Candy Hall about this, but Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20 through 23 says this, and I love this. All this energy issues from Christ. God raised him from death and set him on a throne deep in heaven. Check this part out. I love this. In charge of running the universe, everything from galaxies to governments, no name and no power exempt from his rule. And not just for the time being, not just for the moment, but forever. I love this line in this sentence. He is in charge of it all and has the final word on everything. Some of you, you need to write that word, that sentence, that line down. He is in charge of it all and has the final word on everything. At the center of all this, Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts and by which he fills everything with his presence. He is in charge of it all and has the final word on everything. So here's what I want you to understand. Here's who's not in charge. Can I tell you, the school district is not in charge of everything. Can I tell you, President Trump and Joe Biden and Kanye West aren't in charge of everything. The Democrats and the Republicans aren't in charge of everything. Disney World, they're buying the whole world. They're not in charge of everything, right? China's not, they make everything. They're not in charge of everything. Your, your finances, your bank, your employer, all these different things that we look at our source, they're not in charge of everything. It says God is in charge of everything. Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, is in charge of everything. And what I love is it says he has the final word on everything. For all of you that have kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about right now. That's it. 
I want to hear another word about it. I have spoken. It's done, right? And then whisper, you're like, what'd you, what'd you say? What'd you say? I said, that's it. Final, right? You don't ever do that to your spouse, right? Like, because here's the reason. You know why you can do that with your kids? Because you understand the authority and role you have in their life. Right, and when you, when you understand the role and the power and the authority of Jesus Christ in your life and in this world, it's easy to understand. Man, Jesus is in charge of it all, and he has the final word on everything. So what's the secret to you and I living and thriving in peace in the midst of chaos? It's found in Colossians 1.27. It says this, and this is the secret. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's it. This is the secret. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The one that is the creator of this universe. The one that's in charge of it all. The one that has the final say on everything. The one who is chief and reign of everything. The secret to being able to have peace is Christ in you. The hope of glory. I love what Elizabeth Elliot says. She says, the secret is Christ in me, not me in different sets of circumstances. It's not you being in a different set of circumstance. It's about you realize that 1 John 4, 4 is true. The he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. Right? As long as I have a relationship with him and I'm locking eyes and I'm focused on him, I understand very quickly that he's in charge of it all. And he has the final say on everything. So why would I, why would we focus on anything else? Why would we focus on the storms and the situations instead of our Savior? You want to thrive? You want to learn how to find peace in the midst of chaos? It's all determined by your focus. It's all determined on where you put and you keep your mind because his word says this in Isaiah 26, you keep him in perfect Peace, a consistent, repetitive, perfect peace whose mind is stayed, who is placed on you. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And God, this is such a big, big need. A place where we're at that God, we're searching for, our world is searching for this peace to find some sort of peace that, that how can you have peace while everything is falling apart? How can you have peace in 2020? It's simple. My eyes are focused on the one who's in charge of it all. My, my, my hope is not in a bank account, is not in a government, is not in a school system, is not in a relationship, but my hope is placed on Jesus Christ who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Who at the word of God says that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and tongue confess that is on the earth, that is above the earth, and under the earth, that he is Lord. There's nowhere we can go that you're not in charge. There's nothing we can look at, nothing that we can see that you're not in charge of it. God, you have the final word on everything. And so, God, why would we not submit ourselves and focus our attention and focus our minds on you? So, Lord, I pray that Romans 12, 2 would be true for us. 
that there would be a transforming of the way we think. There would be a renewing of our mind. And we wouldn't be conformed and we wouldn't think like culture thinks. We wouldn't run around like sheep, freaked out and scared and getting caught up in the moment, but we would be caught up in the one who's in charge of it all. And we would be focused on the one who's in charge of it all. And the hope that we have when we focus on that is this, is that we're not just focused on him, but the secret to it is Christ lives in me, the hope of all glory. So Lord, help us. Help us to be peacemakers as we live this life for you because our world needs it so desperately. In Jesus' name I pray with heads bowed and eyes closed. Today, if you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here. And I've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life. We want to give you that chance. Today, you may be here and maybe where you're at, you know it's not where you should be in your relationship with him. And here's what I can tell you. You are, you're never going to have peace if your relationship isn't right with him. And some of you, there's no peace. Man, there's turmoil right now. Your stomach's just turning inside of you because you, you know there's a change that needs to happen. Some of you at home, you know there's a change that needs to be happening as you're watching online. And man, you're dying for peace. Can I tell you, the only way you're going to find that peace is in a healthy personal, not a professional, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And today, if that's you, and you need to come back home, you need to get things right, I'm going to count to three, and all I'm going to ask you to do is raise your hand, and we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today you say, Justin, that's me? Yeah. Yeah. Is there anyone else you say, Justin, that's me? You join these hands that are lifted before we go any further. Man, don't wait for your peace to come to you. Grab hold of it today. Is there anyone else? You join these hands that are lifted. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anyone else? You join these hands. Is there anyone else before we go any further in service? You say, that's me today. If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this after me, even if you're at home online and you're making this decision, if you would repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart, Jesus, I come before you today. And I confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up. God, I need your peace. And I need you. And so, Lord, I turn away from the life that I was living. I repent of it. And I turn to you. And I grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv.
We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.